Right, let's do a mic check. So what you need to do is get right on that microphone. So pull it in close and just get right on it like here. Like I'm gonna, I'll like talk right here. at this level. That's probably good. I could even get closer and get there. Now you start talking and see. One, two, ready, go. Set five, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen. No, start doing. Um, start saying Peter Pickle. Pop Peter the Piper picked a peck of pickle peppers. Peter Piper picked a peck pick of pickles. Peter Piper picked pickle the peppers. peppers. Okay. How many pickle peppers did Peter Piper pick? It is okay. The sound check. We weren't gonna leave that sound check in, but Bridget suggested we do. Welcome to. The See Where It Goes podcast, here we are in season two, which was just randomly picked because it sounded good. Because it sounds good if you say, hey, uh, we're in season two. Season yeah, we're two in season though. two oh, because we decided go. that we were going to be in season two. And I noticed that people take a break with the summer, so which yeah. we kind of did. We took a break. What was it? The past two or three weeks? I think two weeks or three, maybe it was three. Um, so, yeah, so we figured since we had a break in there that we would now start this as season two since, you know, the new school year's in session. They've been in session for, I think, three weeks now. So, so I do yeah. feel like I need to pause because I'm worried we're only coming through the people's left speaker because it only shows left. Okay, well, why don't you pause it and check? I'll do that. And then we'll resume. I'm going to have to actually, I'll do that. I have checked. I've even put a test podcast, and we are coming through both speakers. Here we are. Very, uh, we'll always like to have you come behind the scenes of our mic checks. What were you saying over there before we I shut us off? Shut us off. Uh, I have no idea what I was <sighs> saying. Oh, season two. Oh yeah, we were talking about. Season Took the summer two. off. We didn't really, but you know, we did start we last had a October. Busy summer actually. We did have a busy summer. I feel like I've, well, I feel like it was busy. We took some trips that weren't actually vacations. I mean, they were, we were away from the house, but only one of them was like relaxing. But the other ones involved lots of work and stuff like that, which was still nice, but not like, you know, laying by the pool. Yeah. I don't think we're going to have a laying by the pool. Well, I think it's going to be a while. I think I we definitely need to put a vacation like that on the books and do that because that would be really nice. Next March. Uh, spring break in March. Yeah, that's a great idea. Let's do that. Plan it. I want to go to a sunny place, though. Yeah, let's go to a sunny place. Hopefully get some tax money back. Where we you can, like, that. swim up to the bar. Yeah, yeah. And get a pina colada or a deck. Just you and I or the kids, too? Whoever, whatever kids Whoever are around wants to go. that want to go. I like the idea. Just a few housekeeping things. Uh, uh, um, I went in last night and I fixed up some of the. If you're if if you're going back and listening to old uh, podcasts, I did actually did some house cleaning, um, and and I tagged everything in episode one that was in episode one. So if you're on your um, podcast, you can go in there and just see. Do you think anyone exists who actually has listened to every one of these? I went through every every one and had I to tag so. it. I think so. They're like me because I... Uh, That's amazing, isn't it? There are podcasts that I follow that I listen to every single every one. Every single one. Yeah, well, yeah, well, well, I mean, not from their inception. Actually, there are a couple that started recently that I keep up with. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. So, Brian. Yeah. We took a break for a couple different reasons. We had something happen in our life that was truly yes. life-altering. I would call it the worst weekend of my entire life. I'm 50 years old, and I can say without a shadow of a doubt that I think it was the worst weekend of my life. And 
then I think I was still exhausted the following weekend. I think it took me probably a good week and a half to recover from that weekend. And then we went away. Did we go away that next weekend or was it we skipped one? Um, that's a good question. I think we went away two weeks after, which was yeah. last weekend. Oh, that's right. Because Spin had to play the week. Yeah, that following week after we had our traumatic weekend. Um, so, yeah, and that just kind of sent us that weekend kind of threw us yeah, into like did. an extremely reflective period, which we are so reflective by nature anyway. But this was like, you know. Yeah, we had an accidental bad trip is what, what happened. Yeah, we had an accidental <laughs> bad trip. That's what really happened. We didn't intend we for really, that to happen, but it did. We are really um, uninformed about the world of <sighs> edible gummies yeah, and such. We didn't know. And about the legality of certain things in the state of Texas. And so... So it all started when... Um, should I just start? From the start? Well, I'm going to tell the backstory of why we are so stupid. Oh, okay. Um, go ahead. Okay, so... Do you mind if I get another coffee while you do that? No, you go ahead. It's gonna, weird uh, it's to good. podcast without you, but you go get a coffee and I'll tell the well, beginning no, could, of the story. Uh, well, I don't want to... I could wake up the kids, but I... Now I feel like Count. one because I'm looking at yours. I didn't feel like one on the way to up here. Well, you do whatever you want to do. I'll do if that. If you want to go grab a coffee or whatever, or you could get Callum to get you one. I think it's He's a good enough... St- I think you can, there's enough of a backstory. I mean, just get right into it. Yeah, and I'll, I'll just I'll get right up. into it. Okay. <clears throat> well, anyway, you guys, apologies. just so you guys apologies. know, like Brian and I, we don't smoke pot. Like we're not... I mean, in my life, I think I've smoked pot maybe five times. I smoked it, I want to say, when I lived in Texas... The first time, you know, I grew up in Texas, obviously, and I went to Texas A&M. And at A&M, I think I probably smoked pot twice at, like, college parties. Did not like it. Um, basically, it just shut me down, like, turned my personality off. And um, then when I moved to Chicago, I did it with this girl named Barry and my friend Audrey. And... Those times, again, it just kind of like shut my personality off. And then I think I did another time at another party. And the same experience every time. Like I never understood why people like it or enjoy it because for me, it was just like whatever personality that I had on a normal, on a daily basis, it just turned me completely off, shut me down as if I were like a computer and put me in sleep mode. Um, but it didn't make me, it didn't make me feel like it didn't make me hallucinate. It didn't make me, it made me a little bit paranoid, but not overly paranoid. Uh, not to where I was like, you know, really scared or anything like that. So anyway, that was my experience. And from my nephew, my nephew told me that the pot of like 1990, 1991 is different than the pot of today. Because it's been modified and it has been enhanced. So the pot that we're dealing with today is much stronger. Well, anyway, let's fast forward here to living in the state of Texas where marijuana is illegal. And so anyway, I was out with my friend Ashley. We were at the Botanical Gardens and we were just chit-chatting and stuff. And uh, I think we were talking about psychedelics because I've been hearing people talk about microdosing, psilocybin, ayahuasca, and all these different things, and how all this stuff has like all these healing properties and stuff, like healing 
mental illness, healing PTSD, healing trauma, childhood trauma and stuff. So anyway, we were talking about that. And then she said, she goes, oh, she goes, you know, my friend has these CBD CBD gummies. And she said they have a little bit of THC in them. And she said it would be fun if we took one of those and we just walked around the garden. So I thought, oh, that sounds like a really cool idea. Because when the way she said it was just like, oh, this is like so casual, so normal, like you could just walk around the botanical gardens like sounds harmless, right? Well, so that was my introduction to CBD gummies, even though I had taken CBD gummies before, but they did not have THC in them. They were just purely CBD and you don't feel anything from those, or at least I didn't. Anyway, so I had told Brian about this probably a couple of times. I had said, hey, babe, you know, there's these CBD gummies out there. I'm going to take a sip of my coffee. Hold on one second. Anyway, so I said, you know, we should try that sometime because I'm thinking in my mind, you can hear Brian downstairs either talking to someone or entertaining himself, which he does frequently. Um. <laughs> anyway, anyway, um, to me, I'm thinking, oh, this will be like a gummy where it's kind of like you had maybe a couple of margaritas or something. It's just going to like relax you, chill you out, or like having a nice glass of wine or something. So that was kind of the perception that I had of these CBD gummies with a little bit of THC. Well, he was out at a place called Halcyon here in San Antonio, and it's a coffee shop, and I guess they had a vending machine there, and he looked at the vending machine and saw that they had a package of gummies in there, and he sends me a picture or a note that says, hey, should I get these? They have those CBD gummies, and um, should I get them? And I said, yes, and again, I'm thinking these were the the gummies that my friend had told me about. Well, he gets them, brings them home. And then on a Saturday night at around 6 p.m., we are settling in for the evening. We had just had some appetizers, cheese and crackers and grapes and stuff like that. And um, he said, oh, he said, do you want to have one of those gummies? And I said, yeah. And so... He gets them and he, he doesn't show me the package. Well, even if he had shown me the package, I don't think, I don't know if I would have done anything differently because number one, I'm completely uneducated on these gummies. So he hands one to me and I'm a super pessimistic person and I'm really afraid of being out of control. And I'm also like, you know, Brian's much more optimistic and adventurous than I am by nature. And, um, this was one of the very few, and okay. And just to preface too, and say that I've heard stories about gummies, edible gummies and how bad people trip off of these things that I swore to myself, I would never, ever, ever do a gummy in my lifetime. That is something I knew for a fact I would never do. But these gummies, I thought were a whole different thing. I didn't think they were the kind of gummies that I had been warned not to ever, ever take. 
Because, again, marijuana is illegal in the state of Texas. So why would something that is psychotropic be legal in our state for you to take? So anyway, he gives it to me. So I take it without question, you guys. I pop it in my mouth. It was delicious. And I take it. And then he takes his. We're hanging out. And like 45 minutes later, you guys, my world changed drastically and I remember I was I don't know if I was sitting I think I was sitting on the couch or I had gotten up or whatever but all of a sudden you guys it was like my soul was ripped out of my body and it's like my soul was ripped out of my body and yanked up to like the corner of the house to where I am now observing my physical body, like I'm separated, like I was two different entities. My mind can still talk normally. I can still walk. I can still have a conversation. But it's like I'm a robot and I have no human emotions. I've talked for a long time, Brian. You want to jump in here because I gave the whole backstory. And yeah. I just don't want them hearing me yammer on. Oh, that's all right. Yeah. So, um, and I heard. Anyway, you, you... so I get ripped out of my body and I'm on the floor and I start yelling to Brian. You like, you were sitting on the floor? I think I was, or I was sitting on the couch and I was screaming to you, Brian, Brian. Yeah. So then here's what happened. We're, we were starting to watch a show and I'm eating the ice cream and I'm feeling nothing, right? But you're, uh, um, you're saying oh, I'm feeling something, right? Yeah, I started and feeling it, something. And in my mind, it was just going to be a relaxing. Uh, there was an option for one that you picked that was it relaxed you. Oh, there was. Was there? Did I did I tell you that? <laughs> but you know what though? <laughs> yeah. If you had gotten just a relaxing one and we had taken that and thought that was like cool, then we still might have like been idiots yeah. enough. Because the one I got was one. called euphoria. So that sounds oh, more fun than relaxing. No, it was um, the antithesis of euphoria. So, um, it, it, anyway, so yeah, I, I came over to you and you're sitting down. When I sit down, I look at you and then I realize, oh, it just kicked in or I'm just yeah. noticing it's kicking in and I feel like I'm totally out of my normal um, mind. Then I can see you and I'm focusing on you and everything else is in the background and then I realize how important you are yeah. and that everything else is a background thing. Mm -hmm. And then... And I think it could have gone in a good direction if, you know, if you hadn't freaked out. But um, I don't know. Maybe I would have freaked out. But it's just, you can't control it, right? Yeah. I the, keep feeling like you want to, like, blame me for the bad trip. Yeah. You're saying, like, if I hadn't, if I hadn't freaked out, then, like, maybe we would have had this good experience. But instantly, as maybe. soon as it kicked in for me, yeah. Brian. Yeah, yeah. It was instantly terrifying. Yeah, yeah. No, I don't mean to blame it you because it's like going to affect people I different ways. I decided yeah. to. I had no control. Right. Over how I was responding to that drug. Yeah. So I'm sorry. I, I think I have been in the past kind of saying, well, you just stop freaking out. But that's not fair because you can't control how you're going to react to some of these things. Right. I mean, I've never done anything like this in my life. And it was. Yeah. I mean, it was horrifying. It was instantly horrifying. So it did get scary because. Uh, I think we started to then feed off each other where you really were panicking. Then the kids came downstairs and I was like, whoa, that's just going to make it worse now. But I, the mo the first reaction I had was, 
look at all the I was very aware yeah. of the things that distract us in the house, like right. all the outside videos mm-hmm. and all of that that's going on. I was able to sit almost from above us and think, man, time is precious and short. Right. We're spending too much time on nonsense. Yeah. And we're not spending enough time focusing on each other. So I got into that mode. Yeah. Of let's just be present to each other. Right. But you, you weren't did. there. You were like, shit, I don't I don't have the capacity to just worry about being present to each other and having a chat. I'm I'm really worried that that what well, you were fr- afraid you'd, you'd be stuck in that state forever. Yes. I was worried that my life was literally over. That even if I didn't physically die that night, I felt like the idea of feeling normal ever again, I could not imagine the possibility because the feeling was so strong and overwhelming yeah. that I was so scared that I would never feel normal again. Yeah. And I thought... I'll never be able to have a job. Brian will never be able to have a job. I'll never be able to drive a car. I will never, because I was starting to notice that even though I could talk to you and I could talk to Finn and Callum and I could have a normal conversation, I realized that I no longer felt human emotion. And throughout the night, I know I couldn't, like I would try to watch a funny show or something and I couldn't experience humor Hunger, anger, uh. sadness, like nothing. I could, it was just terror that my life as I had known it was gone and that my kids would be without a mother and a father. And I wanted to be where you were. And I kept trying because you kept saying to me, I just want to connect. Or just focus over here. I just yeah. want to focus on you. Just focus on me. And you were really trying to help me. I thought, yeah, I thought I could pull you out of that negative zone if we could just. Yeah. You were trying to help me. And I think if I had just been high. Yeah. Like, cause like being drunk, I can still feel all my normal emotions and I still feel attached to my physical body. Like my soul is in still, is still inside of my body. Yeah. But with this drug, it was literally like it whatever it did to my mind. Yeah. Made me feel like it had separated me. Like it had stolen something yeah, from it, me. Yeah, it did. It yeah, sorry. So I didn't I wanted to be with you. Yeah. In that space and I kept trying but I couldn't like I was hearing you but I couldn't give you that in that moment yeah yeah you know, you, know? You, you did give me though was was a more uh chilled out version of yourself because i f- said a few things that normally would trip you would trigger you yeah and you didn't you could hear them but you would look at me and you'd be just so chilled and it was a very different feeling so like for at one point i was very aware that where i was standing in, in the moment was where i would have stood two and a half years ago when I would be given the sermons for our house church, right? Yeah. And in that moment, I thought to myself, oh, I failed. I was supposed to be a pastor. The souls of my family now sit on my shoulders, and I could yeah. feel the weight of that on my shoulders. Yeah. And it's like, do I normally feel this weight? That is that is a terrible weight to carry. Yeah. And in that moment, I kind of said to the kids, kids, come here now, just so you know, uh, Jesus loves you. Because I was thinking, I had a feeling that I was going to die that night, and yeah. my time was up. So, okay, I have one last chance to tell the kids, hey, this is the pathway to salvation. Here you mm-hmm. go. And then when I'm doing that, I'm realizing, wait a minute. Um, it's so framed up on here's the gospel message. And it's like, if you kids and family didn't 
feel loved from me and didn't and and whether you did or didn't feel that that love came from god now that's not what i was saying what i was saying was i hope you've always felt the love of christ for me towards you that's what i said to them and then i was thinking if if you don't if they didn't get it now they'd never get it and then i was also realizing in that moment it's like oh this is still in me this view that the kids and you maybe your souls may be on the line because you're semi-christian or not christian i realized like that's first of all that that's a that's a terrible weight for that's not my weight to carry first of all secondly you know what i mean like the i would go through so that's not why my right weight but to doesn't carry. the bible say that is your weight i don't know that if it you does. are supposed to carry that like because i carried that for many years yeah i i does it say i carry i mean well like it gives you the responsibility yeah it lays the responsibility on you as a human to be god's helper yeah in making that happen which yes. I think is, just like you're saying, you realized in that moment how heavy that is. Right. And it is extremely heavy. Like, that's yeah. one of the benefits of not being a Christian, is that that heaviness is gone. Yeah. And that I don't feel that responsibility anymore. So anyway, go ahead with your with what Yeah, you're no, I didn't... Um, so I thought I dropped a lot of that heaviness. So if, mm-hmm. I, if I meet, um, you know, a stranger or someone... Um, I can, I can, I can now experience just the joy of being present to them, yeah, and enjoying their presence, mm-hmm. and maybe finding out who they are, yeah. And that's it. I don't walk away wondering, oh, I, I should have taken the shot. I should have taken the chance to tell them, give them the gospel. Like, right. I, 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 I don't. And 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 here's another way of looking at it, which is very non-orthodox believing. Is like if you are present to a stranger and you're you're there with them, is is that not the gospel is that not good news is that not the presence of jesus you know but in the same breath when if sam harris who's a famous atheist comes to me and is present and kind mm-hmm. to me that's good news that's that's the gospel that's right does that, one, that why sense? does one have to be why does human kindness always have to why does god always have to give the get the credit for something good that a human does that is capable yeah. of doing so, like, yeah, anyway. Let me loop it back into what we went through, though. What I realized yeah. was the, the I was going through an existential crisis that of right. something that's been stewing for two and a half years, yeah. but I haven't dealt with. And I felt like I had to deal with it in that moment. It's like yeah. I could physically feel the weight, the burden on my shoulders and arms of, I can't carry this. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And in that moment, I'm thinking, God, this is your shit to carry. Yeah. And also there's the wonder, like, is he ever saying, is he up there saying, listen, you're struggling unnecessarily down there with all this stuff you carry around. But I realized, like, hey, I ain't carrying this anymore. I'm done. I'm not, um, I'm not, uh, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so so that was good, I That's think. That's a powerful moment. Like, you, did, was that instant clarity that you had in that moment? Or did it take you, like, the rest of the night or a few no, days afterwards? No, I had it at the beginning. I, had, I think I had it at the beginning. It. Okay. I also realized how strong the wiring is. I can call yes. it fundamentalist wiring or whatever, but the wiring is I was very aware of the weight of the wiring of, of yes. the old brain yeah. that carries you don't just carry it's not just every opportunity with a stranger mm-hmm. you're wondering like, Oh my gosh, you have this image and this I don't know where this image comes from. 
But you have this image of, I should have taken a chance, and one day I'm going to be in heaven, and I'm going to be watching that poor person burn in hell for eternity, and God's going to say, you were the chance they could have had, but you were too afraid. But don't worry about it. Uh, wipe your tears away. So yeah. do you think that's? Do you think people have that view that that's going on in their head? Yes, because I used to have that in my head too. Yeah. I used to think that, you know, it was my responsibility to share Jesus with people. And, you know, maybe that would be their only chance. Yeah. Or whatever. Um, yeah, I definitely thought that before. Yeah. So, I mean, it is a weighty thing. It's an, it is a incredibly weighty thing to be thinking that yeah. and thinking that it's partially up to you. Um, and because the consequences are horrible if yeah. they actually exist. Yeah. Um, so, which, yeah. Oh, and I so Keep then going. I went and then I because now I've been talking a lot too, so I want to balance it out a bit. But um, I did talk about. Remember saying that I loved my th- four children, mm-hmm. and I've said, I said, uh, "Liam, Vin, Callum, and Jesus," and I just slipped out, and I I thought you'd get like, "What the hell are you talking about?" Well, yeah, but you weren't. You were like, "What do you mean?" And then I, we talked about. Well, I was I was feeling bothered. Oh yeah, yeah. Like I did feel. It did, like, I did think, huh, but it wasn't the same, like, that I would have felt in a sober moment, like. Yeah, yeah. Um, Because I did think, oh, my God, like, what if he becomes a Christian again? I'm like, I just don't know I can do that. Like, I can't, like, that would have been very devastating, which I know you're still, like, a pseudo-Christian or whatever. You're still spiritual and believe in Jesus and all that. Yeah. But... I thought, what if he becomes like a full-blown evangelical again? Yeah, that, that's not going to happen. That would have yeah. really... So you were thinking that in the moment? Yeah, I was thinking, what if he... Like, what if this drug has made him realize, oh, yeah, I'm really... Yeah, yeah. I really am an evangelical at heart, and I really... I think I remember you saying that. ...want to be a part of that tribe. And I that that made me like... Oh my God! Like I was just like that would be terrible. So the, and then there was a scary moment where, because you know, this has crossed my mind too. In 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 Scripture, there's two um, two reasons for divorce. Mm-hmm. Uh, one is infidelity. Yeah. And one is if if the non-believing spouse leaves you, just yeah. let him or her go. Yeah. So we've always been faithful, so that was never an issue. Mm-hmm. But I was always wondering, like, well, what if it gets so bad that you're like, I'm done, and you walk away, and then... What do you mean bad in what way? Oh, like, if, if you me being a Christian and you being a non-Christian was causing yeah. so much of a rift. Because that was a concern of mine over the last two years of, well, yeah. what, what, like, what if she leaves? So, so for example, um, if I was going to certain evangelical churches, right, over the last two and a half years, the conversation would have been... Oh, are you married? You know, because people are always going to be up in your face, you know. Right. And, and, the kind, and, and I'm not saying it's a bad thing, but they're going to want to know your business. You don't just sneak right. in and out, you know, especially with my personality. I want to talk to people. So they'd find out I'm married. Well, where's your wife? Well, she's this. Oh, okay. And then if I'm in small groups, they'd be praying for you to come back. And I think eventually I could see where the, a rift could happen. Oh, yeah. I mean... Where it's if like, oh, well, went, she's a non-believer, and right. you're in a small group, and there's a long, long lady over there who's a believer, and uh, you could just let Bridget go because she's a non-believer now. 
Which is very sad if that's the case. Well, did you, were you thinking then that that might cause you to leave me or me to leave you or both? No, I even said I was, I was afraid it would cause me to leave you. Wow. Because I said that. I don't know if you picked up I on do. it. I do. I remember yeah. you saying that. But I couldn't figure it. I mean, I really don't believe I would do that. That's not, that's just, that's a terrible thought actually. Yeah. That's the most non-Christian thought you could have. It's not the most non-Christian thought you could have, but in other words, like if you did leave me, wouldn't I chase after you? Isn't that what I want to do and what I committed to doing? Is that not if that if that's not God's love to? If you left me, wouldn't yeah. I, wouldn't I want to <clears throat> stick to my vow and follow you to bring you back? Not to bring you back to a type right. of church going place, but just to bring you back into into the covenant of marriage. Right, but you have to realize that 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 train of thought of like being able to leave the unbeliever, like that yeah. is all through the scriptures. It's like what Jesus told the disciples to leave everybody. Like they stopped taking care of their families. Yeah. And that's common today that like that, who's that guy, A.W. Tozer that used to love. Right. Right. He was a shitty ass father. Yeah. He didn't take care of his freaking family. Well, I don't know. And I, that it, is it was, like he was close to his daughter, but he wasn't close to the kids. He was in his study all the time writing, right. writing great but it books, also tells but at what you, cost? You but know? it tells he goes leave everything. Jesus says, leave everything and go do your stuff. And it's like we're your real family, and you just leave your blood family out in the dust. So yeah, well, and hang then, on a sec. Okay, I, I, you can I, leave your you can leave them. Yeah, if they're an unbeliever. Again, you can leave. Them. Well, no, I don't think it says that. I think it says if the unbelieving spouse leaves, let them let them leave. Right, let them leave. Again, now that's Paul when he was probably on gummies. That's right. I said it. Just kidding. But the thing is, is Am like I? the unbeliever <clears throat> is like you're supposed to have pity on the unbeliever and want to save them, right? Yeah. Or get them to see the light. Right. But then at the same time, it also tells you, oh well, if they don't buy your story. Just dust off the dust on your sandals and keep on trucking. Yeah. Like, or just let them do their thing. Yeah. You know, it doesn't really tell you that you need to extend yourself yeah. to the end with these people. But like, again, I think um, like you're, when in your language, you're talking about the Bible says, but you are you have to understand that it's the Bible as you have interpreted it in the in the milieu you've been in for fifty years, right? Or in the how it's interpreted by in like twenty five thousand different ways by people. Yeah, yeah. For because for example, I grew up with a ton of people who were Catholic, legitimate or or socially Catholic, right? Yeah. There was never a case where some person was leaving the other because the other person stopped going to mass. You know what I mean? Like you'd you'd you often have like one parent got a mask the other not because the or cat, both yeah but they were there wasn't this I, they Catholic were, people they don't talk about this stuff but they still believe people go to hell and purgatory no, no i get it but i'm just saying i'm not saying trying to say they're perfect because they're pulling from the same book um they just don't use the same language they're just not as vocal as evangelicals and baptists and yeah fundamentalists. yeah but you know you're not hearing them I never even heard that scripture in the, as a Catholic. Exactly. I didn't hear it. Well, I didn't hear a lot I'm of saying. Catholic, Like, but. they keep that stuff on the down low. I think they avoid it. I think they, they think, shit, that's a dangerous book. I ain't opening that. <laughs> well, it is a dangerous book. Look how much compli- how many complications have been caused by the Bible. It's the most divisive book on the planet, other than maybe the Quran and the Book of Mormon. Yeah. But, or, 
Mein Kampf or however you say that. Mein, mein Kampf. Wow. By Hitler. I mean. Hey, listen now. This is interesting. In the last, this is the most. Uh, uh, I want to stop for a sec because this is the most negative you've been towards the Bible in three weeks. This gummy caused a reprieve in you. You're not as angry or pissed about Christianity as you were. No, I'm still pissed. What I learned from my trip. Yeah. My bad trip was a very good lesson was that it's not there are so many people out there who are pissed off about religion and being brainwashed and all this and they're taking up so much airtime um and it's their right and I get it because I was doing it too but it's like I just have decided that that's not where I want to put my energy anymore like I'm still very pissed about the Bible and I'm very pissed about religion and I hate it, but that's not where I want to put my energies yeah. anymore. Yeah. Like it's just not worth it. Like I would rather be more, I, I've chosen to say, I want to be live my life in a positive manner. I am not going like sitting here right now. Like I still just like even talking about this subject. I'm, I'm like, inwardly i feel angry about the subject matter yeah but yeah i'm just and we can still talk about it on the podcast and things like that but i'm not going to that's not where i want to put my energy anymore it's just not worth it Mm. you know i think it's better to be positive and try and bring people together and get along you know because a lot of times it's not people's fault that they're that they're brainwashed. They can't help it. No, listen. If you it, grow up in a house that brainwashes you, yeah. It's so easy. That's why people can believe in consp- all these conspiracy theories and that the government li- I mean the government obviously lies, we know that, but that they lie about everything. They don't lie about everything. But that's why it's so easy to believe that everyone's lying to you. I don't like the term brainwashed. I think brainwired is better. Because brainwashed makes it um, right. It is wiring. It, it is, is. The wiring sounds like it is like it's more of a gradual over time, helping assisting assisting you in wiring your brain in a certain direction. It does wire your brain because you you potentially manipulating human needs you have like a need for community, a need for mm-hmm. higher purpose, and if that can be picked up on, I can wire you in that direction. Right, but it's. Okay, so we're kind of getting off. We are, trip. yeah. Sorry. Okay, but your trip was spiritual. Well, so what? What else? What more about what more, your yeah. trip? Well, I felt like Matthew McConaughey in Interstellar, where he he goes into a different dimension, comes yeah. back, and then he can see his daughter, but he can't get to her. I felt like I was. Yes. On, I felt like I had actually died. Yes. And yes. Uh, and I and I wasn't really here. At one point, uh-huh. I was in the bathroom, and I could hear you talking, and what I I thought I'd already died, and mm-hmm. I, my body was listening to you, and I. You, you were on the phone to somebody and I, th- I thought I heard you say, hey, th- yes, he's dead now, but man, c- our podcast is going to go through the roof now that he's dead. Yeah. I was like, what the hell? Mm-hmm. And that's not you. You wouldn't. <laughs> yeah, no, I didn't say that. I said, Right, that's not what you said. But yeah, I heard I was, that in my head. Yeah. It's like, oh, I'm dead. And she's she's all about the, the success of the podcast. Yeah. So uh, there was that. And then... Um, you know, I did. I called. So that's a bit of paranoia. Oldest. Oh my gosh! Yeah, well, so I think it's in me. I may have had par- when I've had too much in the past uh, years ago. Paranoia did set in. Yeah. 
um, for sure. I thought but I was going to die. But you weren't paranoid for the first couple of hours. I think your right. paranoia didn't come for a little bit. No, I think it jumped in. At one point we were dancing in the room here and like Finn filmed me um, saying something funny. So she was getting a kick out of it. Did you think it was funny? Looking back, it was funny, yeah. But was it funny to you in the moment? No, I I, I was very serious. Okay, because I was like, but it's funny I looking couldn't, back. I couldn't. Yeah, it wasn't funny. Experience moment, yeah. humor. No, I couldn't either. that night at all. So, um, so when we were called. in the bathroom, though, yeah, we had a spiritual. What was that? Well, we had the, we were both in the bathroom, and we were questioning whether we had already died. Oh yeah, yeah. And we thought we actually were saying, "Are we ghosts? Or are we in hell?" That and that was the thing. We we had an understanding of what hell could be. And it was right, worse than anything we ever imagined. Be, and it was worse than, like, it would be better if it was, like, literal flames. How did that you, so would how, be what did you experience it at? Being stuck in a loop? Well, it was kind of like in a loop of, like, forgetfulness. Yeah. And also the fact that you don't have a soul. Yeah. That your soul is missing from your body. Did you feel that? Oh, yeah. But I think, well, I had a couple profound revelations. One is that if that is the nature of hell, yeah, where you can't feel your humanity or feel uh, your soul, and because I had taken a drug, it made me really come to the realization that I don't think we have a soul. I think we just have a brain, and that the brain is actually the soul. Because when I took the took that drug, it made me feel. I'm like, if you have a soul, your soul should not be able to be affected by a drug. Right. You should still be able to feel your soul because it's a spirit and it's not humanity. What if the drug separates your brain from your soul? Then you can't feel it. But the... who can do that? Uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, only yeah. God, it says only God can destroy the soul. And I think if you believe in a soul, then you need to probably believe in God. I don't know if you can believe in a soul and not believe in God. But anyway, the that drug effectively turned off my soul because I think it did something to my brain, which is whatever in your brain that makes you feel that you have a soul, turn that off. And yeah. even Joe Rogan in his, uh, which number, I don't like him anymore, but um, he basically said in one of his comedic stand-up performances that... He goes, what's up with these gummies that they literally steal your soul? And that's what it did. But okay, so I had that revelation. Then number two, it made me realize that if there is a hell and it's like what you and I were experience, experiencing, the fact that we both felt dead, we felt like we couldn't remember anything. It's like we had Alzheimer's. Yeah. I realized that God would have to be the most cruel monster, like a monster, monster, monster. To put someone in that state to eternally? To put anyone, even Hitler, yeah. in that state for an eternity. Yeah. He would have to be the most grotesque, monstrous, evil being that has ever existed in the world. Yeah. I can't even imagine doing that. I can't imagine. I told, I was telling, telling you, I would have rather had my legs cut off. I would have rather just be dead than ha and then to go through again what I went through. 
Like yeah. if God does shit like that to someone because they say, oh, hell's not a big deal. Who says that? Well, people say they kind of be like, oh, well, it's just being away from God. Well, no, it's, yeah, they've definitely been, as as time has gone, there's been a softening of it. Or like being alone. Or eternal conscious torment. Yeah, eternal conscious torment. Well, okay, I was in that for yeah. probably 10 hours. Our trip lasted for 27 yeah, freaking hours. I, I, was it really 10 hours? Cause no, I, I felt, I felt without my soul the entire the whole time. Because okay. we didn't sleep the whole night. Right. I felt without yeah. my soul the entire time. Yeah. So if God does that to people, he is absolutely a fucking monster. Well, I got to click the profanity button now. I cannot stress that enough. Yeah. That was a huge revelation. And I tried praying, singing Christian music, listening to Christian music, all of these things. And I felt nothing like God never showed up. And I was like, okay, either number one, God doesn't exist. Number two, I've totally blasphemed my ass off. Yeah. And I am bound. I am bound for hell. You know, I've got my ticket to ride and, or there is nothing or God is silent as can be, but like there was no one rescuing me. From this trip, you know, you're just reaping the consequences. I'm reaping the consequences of my stupid actions. But let me tell you guys, if you still believe in a God that is going to send people to hell and torment them, and you have never truly suffered, and I know that our suffering was brought on by ourselves and it wasn't real. We were in no real danger. This was just all our mind playing tricks on us. So it wasn't... Maybe technically you would say, well, you didn't really suffer, but it did feel like suffering. Yeah. Like it really did. Yeah. Well, I was, so I was watching you. I did, I knew physically I felt okay and you were okay too. Yeah. Physically we were fine. We knew that. And we had talked to some family members who, who, and who helped us through this. Right. And, um, so there was, by the way, thank you to, well, hang on. Yeah. Okay. Go ahead, Brian. Oh, no, I just don't know. Should we give names? Because, well, yeah, we can give names to say thanks. Well, they didn't do anything wrong. They oh, just helped their crazy, stupid friends through their bad trip. So Serena and Sandra, thank you. And Patty. Patty, thank you. Yeah, the three of those guys carried us through. And Derek, my nephew Derek, I yeah. called him the next day. I was still high the next day. Talked to him, too. Um, but, yeah, though they they really, really helped they us. They did. We did Sandra's take too much. Sandra's a nurse. Yeah, so we did actually take too much. Right, but the, the, here's the thing. On the packaging... And, uh, let me get to that. Hold that, hold that thought, because okay. that's the after parts. Well, now I forgot what I was going to say. Oh, I was watching you thinking you were... I, I thought I was going to die, so that's why I wanted yeah. to get Liam, because Liam was on a date, and we yeah. pulled, pulled him home, because I, I did think it was the last time I might see them, because in my head now, it's oh, like, yes. my soul's yeah. going to be required of me tonight. This yeah. is it. This is it. And I, and I told myself that. Yeah. And I was like, okay. And so, so it was an near-death experience, because we believed we were going to die. And if right. you believe you're going to die, that's since right. your mind is like that central place of truth and and that's all we have to perceive things, we that's we thought we were going to die. So, yeah. so um and then I thought you were going to die. And then I was thinking, oh, something's something was in that that's going to kill us and uh Oh, that's right. I thought And it, we don't know what it was. I thought it somebody, was laced with some dangerous drug. We we're like if a terrorist wants to take out people, this is how they're going to do it. They're just going to sneak it in through that machine down there in Southtown. 
So, um, oh, you never told me that. That's a crazy thought. I think I had that thought. Like, it's yeah. that's a, and then, and then, should we go to the, we were going to go to the ER, but, but it's like, uh, they're just going to tell us to drink a lot of water, right? Well, because it was so crazy. But I was thinking, if the, this if, was legal, if yeah, that's the thing. If we did go to ER, will we get in trouble? We thought we were going to get arrested, but because it was bought legally. It is legal, too. It's legal. It's crazy to think that. I, I verified it. We, we would not have been arrested. Yeah. It was not illegal, which is crazy. Yeah. And, we didn't go to the emergency room because, well, number one, I don't think they could have done anything for us. Right. Actually, we should have taken CBD. I found out that if you we if we would have had CBD, that would have helped us come down. Oh, really? But I didn't so find that's what that I out. That's like what I thought we had had. So it was a Delta Eight THC, Delta Eight point three percent, which is the legal limit. Uh, it's fifty cannabis? milligrams. I don't know. But hemp. It was, it's hemp, hemp, hemp. That's right. But it's in a gummy form. That's why and it goes through your liver. It gets processed differently. Right. That, and that it was creates a another chemical which makes you go nuts but i am curious to go there with callum to see if he can buy some buy it from that machine without getting stopped and if he can i i, f- I feel like i want to call the police because a a kid buying that stuff oh, i doubt a kid there's always someone out front there i bet i bet i could totally go in there with a camera and he could buy it from that machine they're not even looking well hopefully they pay attention well we'll see there was no like there was no like uh id required no i just went and bought it Unless they looked at me and well, thought he looks over twenty one. Isn't there like a counter there? Well, it's 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 twenty feet from the counter, maybe ten. I don't know. Okay. Well, they he. But anyway. Yeah, but a, so I I kept looking at you, thinking you were gonna die. Yeah. And I kept checking your temperature all night. You did. Yeah. Every twenty minutes to see is she still warm. Yeah, and I was afraid to go to sleep because I thought if I go to sleep, I'm gonna die. I'm That's never a gonna wake thought, up. Isn't it? No, yeah. it, I, and I didn't think I'd see the sun the next day. So when we did see yeah. the sun the next day, it was really. Um. It was amazing. It was, um, sorry. Yeah, it was amazing to, uh, it felt like life was a gift. And we realized in that moment that that life as we know it, normal, like the desire just, to get back to normal was so strong. Right, like just normal, basic reality. Just basic, normal stuff, brush normal your teeth. Normal stuff. Go to the toilet, <laughs> walk outside. Yeah, it was such a gift oh. that we were afraid we'd never get back to. Right. Because you really thought you you were stuck in that zone, that, yes, that loop yes, for yes. life. I didn't get back. For a full 27 hours, I did not feel connected to my real life. And the moment when I finally reached clarity again, I can't even tell you guys how amazing that was. Like I told Brian, just sitting down and eating a meal with him or with the kids was like the best gift in the world. Like I don't need anything else in my life. I don't need anything else to ever happen just to realize the difference between being dead and alive or being in a state where you can't feel humanity and then to be back in the state where you can feel it, like you don't need anything else, you know, just, and it made me realize too, like I've started journaling every day because I want to remember because I have a tendency, I live very much in the present moment and I feel like, I forget so much of my past and my even raising my kids. So if you're a young mom out there or whatever, just I would journal every day about your life. Even it's just a few lines, what each kid's doing, what you're doing, and just hold on to those memories so you can go back because they're precious. What are you doing over there on your phone? Oh, I'm listening. Okay. And uh, so the following uh, week, I was listening to a song and I felt like it captured the weekend. Can I read the lyrics? Yeah. I'm sorry I wasn't listening when I was looking at this. 
it's actually the chorus of a New Order song that I've mm-hmm. been trying to find. And when uh, the following Friday, a guy mentioned it, and I, when I was thinking about if I could just see the sun in the next morning, mm-hmm. that would be a great gift. If I could, yeah. if I could have another day. And this is a chorus that goes: I used to think that the day would never come. I'd see delight in the shade of the morning sun. My morning sun is the drug that brings me near to the childhood I lost, replaced by fear. So there's two parts there mm-hmm. of that. There's just the joy of, I never thought the day would come when I'd find such delight in the morning sun. Yeah. But the second part is, my morning sun is the drug that brings me near to the child childhood I lost, replaced by fear. Now I don't think that's true. I don't think th- I don't think my childhood was replaced by fear, but I think in my late twenties, a lot of my childhood was taken away from me and replaced by fear. Um, Are you talking about becoming a Christian? Uh, yeah, and that particular yeah. strand of Christian, like there was a lot of fear. Like, Christianity is all about fear. Like I so used to think that the day would never it. come, that my life would depend on the morning sun. That's it. I yeah. used to think that the day would. You know the song? I do. I mean, I may be adding another part in, but but that was very meaningful. I was listening to it on the scooter. It's like um, I feel like an, another shift in me is a return back to um, my roots and childhood, and mm-hmm. you know the importance of of reconnecting with family and roots and the fun and giddiness that mm-hmm. I lost along the way when I became a serious. Um, person who carried the weight of everyone's soul on my shoulders yeah st patrick 2.0 well, i'm so glad that your revelation wasn't that you needed to go back and become an evangelical christian again no well i don't think um i i i would still consider myself a christian who doesn't hasn't gone to church in two years who doesn't have a christian community who doesn't read the bible who is suspicious of other christians trying to rescue me so I don't even know if the, if you can call that a Christian, and I think that's just what I feel. You're I, still I, you're still pretty heavily programmed. Well, yeah, sure, that's there, but I do th- I think I'm a Christian mystic, and I'm out in the desert, um, here on my own, and I have certain places I trust. Right. Like well, I could go to the monastery yeah. now, and I'd be just like a pig in muck. Right. Well, like here's the other thing that I learned too. Yeah. And I knew this before, but I learned it in a more profound way, is that just because I don't need God. Or he doesn't make sense to me when I look at the world. Yeah. Like other people need him or want him or think he's real and that's okay. Yeah. Like I can think they're off their rocker or whatever. I'm very judgmental. I'll just say it. I am very judgmental. I don't get it. I don't understand it. I mean, I understand it because I used to be that way, but I don't. But I get it in the sense that I know people, if you're in a situation like I was in two weeks ago or three weeks ago, however long it was, you're going to need something or yeah. want something. Like yeah. you need something to hold on to. Like that's why atheists pray probably when a plane is crashing. You want there to be something that's going to rescue you. Now, whether there is or not is debatable. Yeah. But that's okay. If that makes you feel fulfilled and and keeps you afloat in life, because it does for many, many people, that's okay. Oh. You know, like for me, I don't need to talk about the universe. A lot of people talk about the universe and spirituality and all these things. I don't need it and I don't seek it out. Yeah. I'm okay with just being a human. And having my human experience. Yeah. Hey, you asked for a Christian song that night. I did. 
Yeah, and I played one. And it's one I'd heard on through one of the deconstruction podcasts, and I actually liked it. But it's, yeah. it's it is still a very typical um, Christian song in the way it's written, and it's like a and I didn't feel anything. But just the fact that you asked for it. But the 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 song was blessed are those who blessed are the poor. What is it? Blessed are the poor. I'm not, I'm, I don't I should, remember. I see how bad things are going. It was shitty. What was shitty? The song. Well, but it's a blessed are the poor who something about but you and I've always thought like you that's oh. anyway, so what I did after was I went downstairs and I opened my Bible and uh I did one of those flicky things where you flick it. Right. Okay, the what's magic Bridget's verse? And I stuck my my th- finger on it. Typical fundamentalist thing, what's yeah. God saying to me? And and it landed on that verse that, that song I just sung about. Yeah. Which is blessed apart. Now I, I said, What about my one? I flicked it and it was uh, to Jeremiah. It's like I've called you to be a prophet to the nations. Yeah. I said, Well, that, that hasn't worked out too well. Anyway. And they, see, that's like... But he was talking to Jeremiah, right? Uh, he was talking to me. My God. <laughs> but I thought about that verse for you. Because you've always had a very strong heart for poor people, the oppressed, the underdog. <clears throat> that is a good scripture for you. Right. But you know, a lot of people have that and they're not Christians. Right. Yeah, yeah. A lot of people are just good people. They are. Humans have so much good in them. Yeah. Humans do amazing shit right hey speaking of um good people who would not label themselves a religion um i wanted to just get back that robin and neil vickers go to bed at half 11 every night really yeah because that was a question we had and and he responded so oh wow okay and do they get up do they sleep in or do they still wake up pretty early no that's the could you ask that question if you made it this far neil oh wow what time do you get up so you go to bed at half 11 or 12 I mean, I don't mind staying up late, but I usually wake up really early, like I'm programmed that way. Okay, sorry. Neil's a very nice man. I don't think I've ever met him. Oh, you should, yeah. But he sent me some really nice messages. Yeah. Um, because he's he always like comments on my art post and things like that, and and read. I think he oh, and he read some poems that I put on Facebook, and he's just very kind and thoughtful. And and it's isn't it like how how can and you know and he's he's, able to do that being an atheist isn't it how How is that possible i don't i was just gonna make that joke but you beat me to it i don't know i mean my god (laughs) he just breaks the mold that's why breaks the mold that's the problem you see he's able to be kind loving and then and altruistic yeah without knowing jesus or even believing in him oh my god well that's what happens you know you say you go to a workplace and you get meet people like neil or you meet people like adil who's a muslim you know what christians would say to that god can work through anybody yeah sorry brian i cut you no no uh, you were funny uh so oh another thought i had was um when i just mentioned about being rescued and i mm-hmm. get it like if you're i was that i was that way right if somebody one of the sheep went off towards the cliff yeah let's let's have coffee and i'll lightly just talk to you and is everything okay you just don't want to go too I'll far lightly out. just talk like i'm not going to say come back or you're yeah you know and um let me like weave we my met, craft we, around you yeah we met a guy in uh oh here i want to talk about the rest the guy we met in the restaurant nice fella last yeah. week right the couple the, the couple the, the uh, oh my god yeah, yeah so that hold was, that thought that I, cool. I don't lose that but what i was thinking about was so there is the, there is the when i when i feel like i've been floating out in space there for the last trying to figure out who am i mm-hmm. there was only two people who really understood what i was going through mm-hmm. and it was um neil and then also don 
Don Bora, a friend of mine, who and I think Don is, would be an atheist too. Yeah, they are the only people who 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 both showed the empathy and understood what I was going through, and they both said, "Man, this must be difficult because it's been right. so part of your identity. That's got to be hard." Yeah, I remember thinking, "What? That was really helpful." Like they listened and understood what mm-hmm. I was going through, and and were able to show empathy when neither one of them have gone through this process, but could, could but could imagine what it'd be like. Yeah. And I, I just didn't. In other uh, circles, it was more like, uh, "Let me let me go through the checklist to make sure how far off the rails you've gone, and then right. correct you in your thinking." Right. Let me correct you. Let me bring you. And, back. and here's the thing: like you're gonna correct me in my thinking. Let me pray like, for really? you. You don't think I've thought about all all these? If you're th- a Christian these- and you tell someone you're gonna pray for them, they want to vomit. If they're like me. Oh yeah. You're just making them feel like you're pitying them. Yeah. And that you're better than they are. And I think there should be a different approach, like maybe try and understand. Yeah. But don't pity someone. Right. So we're talking to that couple there at restaurant, right? And we just, they're a very friendly couple. He was very friendly. Yeah, he and, was very friendly. And um, we're just talking and you're, I, I go to the toilet, I come back and then you're talking about how you got into, I don't know. How did you guys get talking about religion, by the way? Oh, I think he wanted to know what brought us to San Antonio. And I told him. Oh, yeah, yeah. I was kind of telling them what happened. And right. That Let, we weren't doing that anymore. Next time, make up a anymore. story. Make up some funny story. Because you told him about the church plant and it didn't go through. Right. And then I told him I'd change my views on LGBTQ. And oh, then. I'll make it back to that. Because that's okay, what I want to talk about. Okay, why don't you tell that story? I have to go to the bathroom. Okay, so. so keep going. No, my joke about next time you tell a story. Well, I don't. It's not nice to lie, but it might be funny. What brought you to San Antonio? Well, I don't know. Like, what, what could you say? Well, there's. We noticed there's no circus that comes to town, so we we started a circus. And okay, this is what happens when I'm left alone. So we're in the restaurant, and uh, I come back, and they're chatting, and she the, she's already answered the question of what brought us here, so they're talking, and then he's saying, well, but if you're an evangelical, you're you are to evangelize. Are you saying you don't evangelize yet? And so right away I'm thinking, okay, so this guy, you know, he's he's knows what he's talking about. And Bridget proceeds to tell the story and she says, but now and and I don't know how she worded it, but she talked about I'm against LGBTQ. Now I knew what she meant when she said that, because I know her. And what she meant was I'm against people who marginalize and discriminate against the LGBT LGBTQ community. But No, no, I, th- I think you said I'm against the LGBTQ. That, that's what I actually heard you say. And then he said, me too. <laughs> I was like, Sh- I don't think you two are talking. You're not talking. You're-. I said, uh-oh. So as we started talking, he goes, uh, yeah, yeah, no, I, I think it's fine. It's fine to be a Christian. And as long as you, what is it? As long as you what? Straighten up? As long as you get. Get as, straight. As long as you get it straight. Get it straight. Oh, yeah, yeah. So he was a bit. Yeah. Um, yeah, Would he you like, was. Get it straight to me. Be like, I need you now to start liking men if you're going to come to this church. Okay, let me just, let me just try that. I could do that. I've always liked women, but I guess I could try liking men in that way. Right, right. Get it straight. Yeah. So anyway, that was that. Oh. Nice, but no, and but, but nice pity, guy. Huh? His pity on me began. Then oh yeah, he well, started to I pity me. I didn't pick up on that. What was that? Oh yeah, like he started to pity me. He was like. Because here's the thing. People think if you don't have God well, anymore. Well, hang on. Tell me what he did first and then. then. Oh, he's like, he just shook his head. You know, he does the, they do the sh- head shake. And don't they say, say that. The okay, don't, like, don't. You're, you're, oh, you're, that you're, makes me so sad. Okay. Oh, Can, my fucking God. 
Like that pisses no, me no, off so bad when someone. I'm so sad to hear that. Oh, honey, you poor thing. Can you get back how to the can point? You, how can you exist for one day without Jesus Christ? Oh, my God. That's what it is. Yeah, it's like, but oh. you so And then he's oh, like, oh, go. my God, you know, poor lady. Okay, can you actually, And then he okay. starts to lay out his, like. Okay, back up. His apologetics on me. Back up. I'm like, don't okay. apologetics me. Back up, back up, back up. You're not telling the story. You're jumping straight to your reaction to the story. I know that is my reaction to the story. We can get to your you reaction. You can tell the story. No, I I'll don't know what you're talking about. I'll tell the story now. We can get to. Why do you edit me? I'll tell you why. why I'll you tell you why. Me? Because you're jumping straight to your interpretation and you're saying he's like one of those people. Because I used to be that person. No, my, you're not listening to me. I want you to just go to, if we were in a court of law, I'd say, tell me exactly what he said and what you said. And then we can go to interpret it. So first. Okay. So I'll tell you what he said. Yeah. He's like, so you don't, he's like, so you don't believe in God anymore. And I was like telling him that it just didn't, I just didn't see like how the God of the Bible would be like, that I just didn't see the proof of God yeah, yeah. in our world. Now move to fast through what you um, I am. And then he now, said, sorry. you are, I know, because you don't like this part of me. No, no, we all know it's this part, part of you. It's a part of me that you find I, very unappealing no, I and get unappetizing. No, I want to get through the story. Okay, so, so then he says. And we all know what you think. And he like we don't know shakes what he thought. his head and closes his eyes and shakes his head. Yeah, I don't like, remember that. Like, oh my gosh. And then said what? And then he's like, well, have you ever thought about this? And then he lays out this oh, whole yeah, yeah, thing yeah. Now about I how humans. Are the problem. We are the problem. We are the ones that cause all the mess. And I'm thinking in my head, don't you know, I used to make the same argument I know, a million times. Oh, I do times. remember being frustrated. Lame ass argument, by the way. So give us a fresh argument, bro. And... The problem of sin is us, he's saying. Right. The problem with the world is us. You know, let's just, you know, God bears no responsibility for anything. Yeah. He can just watch everything go to hell in a handbasket and he's okay with that. Yeah. And, and basically I just said, you know, well, I think he does have, if he's real, he should take way more responsibility. Right. You know, but it's just the pity face that you get from people and then they want to explain it to you like. Let me, once I give you this explanation, yeah, because that's what apologetics does. Like, and I told him, I said, look, I've taken apologetics. I used to be an apologetics junkie. Yeah. So it's like, oh, once I lay out my brilliant argument, you're going to see clearly for yourself how brilliant it is. (laughs) How it makes so much sense. I do remember sitting there thinking, oh my God, it's just the usual, the usual. I mean, I don't know. And like he was very kind. He was very kind, but it's like, part like of me was like, give, would you give me a fresh argument? One thing about listening to um, Dawkins and Hitchens and now Sam Harris, I'm trying to get through all the Four Horsemen's books, is, yeah. which has been very scary, <laughs> by the way. No, no, it's, it's less scary. scary. It's less scary. It was scary. When, well, because I read, I read Dawkins. I love Sam Harris. I read Dawkins the last two months before I graduated seminary, and I was afraid if I read it, he would shift me off and I wouldn't the be able to graduate. Will get inside no, of I'd be you. like, I'd be sitting there in my finals and it's like, shit, uh, fucking Dawkins, why did I read his book? Anyway, I really enjoyed the book. It was very, I didn't agree with everything, but it was intellectual, it was a, like a nice intellectual wrestle. I felt like I got into the ring with him and when he, well, sure, I'm sure he deal. won, but it if felt good. If Christianity is true, then it should be able to withstand any argument. And that's why I read it. And it doesn't. Anyway, so when I listened to that, I, I, 
Hitchens, him, and Harris, I always walk away thinking, that's an interesting point. Right. Like, and I'm always like, I hadn't thought of that before. And it's really pleasing to hear an argument you haven't thought before and, and, and sit with it and chew on it. But when he was talking last week, it's like, it's the same stuff we've same heard. Stuff. You picked that up from your pastor. We've yeah. all heard it. Nobody's give, given us a good intellectual argument. Right. But it would have been funny if you turned to him and said, oh, I, I never thought of that before. And then see no how he reacts. No one ever says that. I know, but what if you had lied? And it's not good to lie. But if you had said, I had never thought of that. And and then he goes, yeah. And you go, no, of course I've thought of it. But that's not my guy. He, wanted well, to be, he was unkind. nice. It is unkind. I was not unkind. I was and listen, very kind. You've got to continue to be kind. I am. Because now if you're going to be an atheist, you got to be kind. I'm trying to make I a joke kind. and it's not coming out. It's not the joke. Is it failing? Why? How's it failing? What is the joke? It failed on... Bill. Oh, because an atheist is not able to be kind. Right. Because they don't have God. Right. But see, you, if you are become unkind, if you become unkind, <laughs> that fits the narrative. Right. If you remain kind, it fits the narrative because your kindness came from the fact that you used to be Christian. But these people like vicars, they were never Christians. They're always atheists, always kind. Damn it. I know. He's just an actor. He's not really kind. I know. People like him just mess up the whole narrative. Just mess up the whole paradigm. Okay, Brian. So let's get back to our trip. Yes. I mean, this kind of. Oh, yeah, has yeah. To do with our... Now, I took okay. notes on the night of our trip. I'm going to look at my notes. Okay. My I'm journaling. Go to the bathroom. The toilet. And see what craziness I wrote down from that night. May I do have to say one quick thing. What's this, your what? My dad's team, County Mayo, was playing in the Isle Ireland probably right oh, now. Wow. In the next hour or so. They've not won it in 50 odd years. And my yeah. dad's 93. They hey, might, that would be cool if uh, they, they won. They might, also, my cousin, God bless her, Margaret, passed away yesterday. She's a male woman. Uh-huh. And we're hoping that um, she's up there in the stands looking down with the crew and saying, Up Mayo! So, Up Mayo, hope you win. Last year they played Dublin, which was a tough thing to root for, you know. Mm-hmm. Okay, back to you. Okay, so one thing that I'll tell you guys about what we took... I called my nephew and was talking to him because he ta- he smokes marijuana and takes edibles uh, for various things and probably recreational as well. But anyway, he was telling me that what we took, the um, Delta 8, that he said, because I was telling him that we had an edible or something, and he said, oh, you went, I said, we went down the rabbit hole. Because Joe Rogan, Joe Rogan had said something about like going down the rabbit hole or whatever. And um, Derek said, no, you didn't go down the rabbit hole. He said, you went down the drain of the rabbit hole. And plus, we took way too much, which there was no instructions on the package of how much to take. It said serving size one gummy. And since Brian and I are idiots and we don't know anything about gummies, we took one gummy apiece, which was like we... We should have taken half, which I still can't believe people take half. I think people should probably start with like a tenth, you know, Um, or none. Don't ever do this stuff. It's crazy, you guys. Anyway, um, here are some notes. Uh, Well, number one, I wouldn't do this again for a million dollars. I wouldn't. Would you do it for a million dollars? Oh, yeah. I wouldn't. For a million dollars, yeah. I wouldn't. Because no, the I, I fear for... of not coming out of it 
I wouldn't do it. But do you think, no, having gone through it, if you took the very same one, knowing you took it before and you made it through and it passed and it went away, you wouldn't do it for a million dollars? No, I don't think I could. I would do it for a new Audi. That's that's what's that sixty thousand dollars? Really? Yeah, I wouldn't. Okay, I wouldn't. Money's not that. Okay. Well, that's good. I don't think anyone's asking. So here's some of my notes. Last night on Earth, that's what it felt like. Yeah. I might want to die. Separated from reality. Oh, and also, I made myself throw up. Oh yeah. Because yeah. someone had told us that we should throw up yeah. to get it out of our system. But I think it. I think too much time had passed by then. Yeah. So after multiple attempts, I have never, ever made myself throw up in my life. But after multiple attempts, I was finally successful and threw up like crazy. And I mean, I really emptied my guts out. And um, I had had black bean hummus, so it wasn't a pretty, it wasn't a pretty sight. Um, yeah, so I finally know what it's like to be an anorexic too. Yeah. Kind of. Well, could you imagine? Yeah, never mind. Go ahead, um, Yeah. And Finn said at one point in the night that we looked like we were 60 years old. Oh, they said we turned we had, very pale suddenly and yeah, looked we much older. Yeah, we were very older. pale and looked older. Actually, Callum didn't say that. Finn said that. And then Callum said that it was like worse mind. than taking care of Henry and James. Taking care of two, us? Taking care of us oh, was wow. worse than taking care of the, the little boys who live next door. Um. So I guess we were kind of a handful because we were, there was like a couple of hours within the night where Brian and I could not hold on to our thoughts. So we would say something and then we were able to follow the thread for maybe a couple minutes and then we would lose the thread, but we would kept, we kept cycling back to the same thing over and over again. So then it was like, almost like, is this what it's like to have Alzheimer's? Which, again, a very terrifying thing. Yeah. Um, there was also the time that we felt like we were actually one. That we were sharing the same reality. And that was the time when we thought we were dead and in hell. Or like we were ghosts. Yeah. Like I felt like our realities were... We were experiencing the exact same feelings. Which was very crazy. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. And then you That were, was the good part that we did feel we were t- we were together. Yeah. That the world sat outside of us but or we sat outside the world, but we were at least yeah. together. But even then, it's like, well, when we were in the bathroom together talking, we realized like this isn't fun. We're stuck in this together and it's not enjoyable to be stuck in this loop together of no. repetitiveness. And no. yes, we have each other, but that's not It wasn't enough. It wasn't cons- consoling. I mean, Having obviously it was probably the, yeah. better to be there with someone than with no one, but still it wasn't enough to make it even remotely better. Because we both realize we want reality back. Right. Having each other outside of reality is not much consolation. No. Because we're just making each other aware that this sucks. Yeah. Oof. Yeah, it sucked. And then you were... But you still, though, tried to be focused on me, even throughout I the did. whole night. I did. I was night. focused on you a lot. Yeah. And, um, you kids. told me, you guys, Brian was so cute. Yeah. He told me, he said, you are my everything. Oh, I said that. That was nice. You did? Yeah. <laughs> and I was thinking, I was thinking inside, I was like, okay, I love you too, but I can't like, yeah, I can't be in that moment with you right now because. Right. Yeah. 
I was like so freaking out and I felt bad that I couldn't give that to you. Okay, here's our soul will get stolen. I put Brian reconnects with Jesus and wanted us to know that Jesus loves us. Yeah. I said, I, however, do not feel God at all. If this is his message, if this is his message, then why can't I hear his voice even on the brink of death? Yeah. We are feeling no pain, only spiritual trauma. Nothing matters. We're living in loops. And I put, I still feel safe with Brian. There is something worse than a physical death. And this is it. Still. Oh, I'm not going to read that part. I'm not going to read that part. Oh, okay. All right. Um, Still able to joke and tell stories. You were? You were? Yeah, but I wasn't feeling the emotion. Oh, of it. okay. Like I wasn't. Yeah, we what like, show? We watched the show, and it wasn't. It was a safe. Was it Everyone Loves Raymond? It was something pretty safe. Yeah, but I couldn't feel the humor. Like I know I'm like yeah. I'm supposed to laugh, right? But I can't. Yeah. Feel the laughter. It was like fake. Um. Let's see, and then I just have some fragments. Brian's accent was thicker, and I could hear the Irish accent. <laughs> to be stoned, to be stoned, to be stoned. Um, worst psychological zone. Let me see. Are my emotions broken? We put, we went to hell tonight. I need my soul back. Brian can still podcast. Oh, yeah, because we started podcasting. We have a high could, podcast, yeah, you guys. it's an hour long. It's and a, a, bonus, a bonus it. for $5 a month. Right, five for $5, <laughs> you can listen to it. Yeah. You know those people have the Patreon thing where oh, yeah, if the you Patreon. pay that extra money, you get the bonus episode? Well, now we have a drunk episode we've never released, no. and now we have a high episode Who the hell's we've never released. I think we have to pay people to listen to those. We'll do right. a reverse Patreon where we'll pay you if we'll you listen, pay you to, listen, listen to, to that episode. <laughs> Um, I put, I am super chill inside and laid back that could stick around. I think Brian, here's the thing is I think you liked me better. Hi. You liked me better. It was a different side. Yeah. That was a welcome side. Yeah. But it obviously wasn't you. Now, why do you not like my not chill? No, it's not like I don't like it. It's like saying, um, I really like, uh, Jimmy Dean sausage every day, but hey, we had this turkey sausage. That was kind of different. And now we're turkey back to Jimmy Dean. Turkey sausage isn't good. I know. It's a bad example. Am I turkey sausage or no, Jimmy see, Dean? You're taking it too far. You're you, saying you were I'm turkey, turkey sausage. sausage. No, Jimmy Dean, I like. Come on. No, I think you're saying that Jim, I was Jimmy Dean that night. No, no. And you're Jimmy Dean normally. On a normal basis, I'm turkey sausage. No, if you had been listening to my analogy. Jimmy Dean sausage every day. It's very nice. I like it. It's my favorite sausage. So basically. But now somebody switched at one time for turkey. That's different. So basically okay. what I learned. Okay. Can I tell you a question before, though? And news before is that Brian doesn't like any type of conflict whatsoever. He doesn't like me to have any type of contrary Thoughts, emotions, opinions. No, you had contrary. You were just very kind verbalized. and understanding. You were like, you can still be a Christian, Brian. And but I'm, I am kind can, though. I am you a are, kind. But you person. weren't. It was you weren't getting set off like you normally are. Okay. okay. That's all I'm saying. You explain. You, explain yourself now. I would say things, and you'd hear it, and look at me, and say, "You were just, you were just kind and understanding." Yeah. You weren't like 
flipping a lid so fast? Well, what do I flip my lid so fast at? When you say that, what are you referring to? Well, the certain things that make you mad, it's obvious you're mad and you... What certain things? Religion. Religion. And... Oh my God, that's the other thing. That guy said to me, okay, sounds yeah. like you have a lot of anger towards God. Here's the other thing that happens when you're not a Christian anymore. You get psychoanalyzed. Yeah. Oh, well, I just, it was because of that church you grew up in. Because you were raised Pentecostal. This is why you just can't get your Christian shit together. Yeah. That's why they effed you up so badly that you can never be fixed. And if you just had been raised in a different church, then, honey, I bet you could just love Jesus every day of your life. I know. Um, Shit. So they psychoanalyze you, or maybe you were abused by someone. Um, But yeah, but you're just angry at God. You think about that, though. And you know what? If only, if only, if only. God must not be very powerful if he couldn't manipulate the journey better. Right. And here's the other thing that I am angry at this so-called God. Because if this is your pissant God who runs the world the way it's going today, then yeah, I am angry at that God. So I will own that. I'll take that psychoanalysis. Okay. All right. Anything else you want to say about me? I am very triggered by religion. Are you going to keep reading your journal? Because I'm feeling I'm kind of, it's getting long now in the tooth, this podcast. Okay. And I put, I am unrelentingly high. Would I be able to write a poem in this state, which I tried and I couldn't. And I put, we will be a burden on the state because I felt like we were going to have to, we were going to have to be institutionalized. Yeah. I feel you're worried about being a burden on the state at all. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Because I thought if we don't die, that's very civil. I wouldn't have thought. I was like, hey, what? Because I thought I'm going to be homeless. Oh well, that wouldn't be good. Because I'm like, okay, I I can't do any type of job in that state, and you wouldn't have been able to do your job in that state. You maybe you could have. No, not in that state. Yeah, but I don't think so. Oh no, I could have. I I could have been able to focus on a person and listen to them as a coach. But I and I thought I'm going to have to be fake my whole life. Like I'll be living in like this fake zone. Um. All right, we're still here. She just uh, yeah. I'm just. I put. I want my brain back. If I get my life back, I'll try to be a better person. <laughs> That's, and that happened, you know. I wrote that. I am living in an actual nightmare. I would rather be in a tragedy. Um. I even put. I'll drive on the highway. Should I take that back now? I'm not, no, you I'm should drive on the highway. I'm still not going to drive on the highway. You said you weren't going to be afraid to fly anymore or drive on the highway. Yeah, my fear, <clears throat> my lack of fear lasted only about a week, and then it right. all came back in full force. Yeah. Um. Anyway, that's all I'm going to read from my journal. I have a lot more that I wrote down in the days since, like unpacking it, because it kind of took a while to, you know. All right. I feel like I want to shift out of this. Is that okay? Yeah, I think we kind of covered everything. Uh, Highlights of um, your... Well, I'm just going to start talking about stuff. Okay, talk about stuff. We are in the Oktoberfest season. And I get very excited because I love Oktoberfest beer. However, there's a bar down the street that's become my local and they have Oktoberfest year-round. So I've been 
enjoying that year round. Yes, you have. So I don't feel like I really deserve it's too like, much. It's like, so it's like having the um, pumpkin spice latte year round. It it does. Uh, How do they get Oktoberfest all year round? He just orders it. He likes it. The owner likes it. It's the only place in town I know that you can get Oktoberfest year round, but it's very good. And but it does put the pounds on. And um, yeah, you gained twelve pounds. You had lost all that weight. Yeah. And then you gained it all back because you were like so, going, hanging out with your friends a couple times a week. A sad thing I heard um, at my local, there was a lovely guy called Dennis who made the uh-huh. best fries yeah, and burger. And we got to know him really well. And uh, he passed away from a stroke um, a few days ago. So that's really mm-hmm. sad news. I just heard that from my friend Pete and Pam. So that was, that was sad to hear. Anyway. Yeah. So uh, Oktoberfest. And uh, that's what I wanted to talk about. I also want to talk about I'm sad because I'm Game of Thrones is coming to an end. How many seasons was that? Eight. Okay. People complain about the last season. and Did I you think, like it? The last season? Well, I think I can see where Fonzie jumped the shark. You know that, you know that term? No. It's a term when something starts to go south. Oh, okay. In Happy Days, they were trying to save the show. Yeah. And they did something where Fonzie literally was on the back of a what's his name motorcycle the, the redheaded kid was driving the boat and Fonzie's on the back and he's skiing water skiing oh yeah and he jumps over an area where there's a shark oh okay and people point to that as the moment when the show started to go downhill oh yeah well there's a scene in Game of Thrones where all these characters have been separated and you know them as the viewer but none of them have met each other yeah they meet in this room in Winterfell by the fire yeah and they it could have been the highlight of the entire series where the conversation could have been amazing and they just it was terrible you don't you don't know the characters but one no, one guy he's a redheaded wildling kind of takes over the conversation and it just went south and i'm thinking that's that's when fonzie jumped the shark at that moment in the series i think is when things started to go downhill because that was yeah. a precious could have been a precious moment of a conversation around a fire yeah. that we all waited for and they just screwed it up anyway so that's going uh, that that that's that's ending, which is sad. How many more episodes do you have? Only like two or three. Okay. So, but I and enjoyed that. Is that really sad? Um, not really sad. I think it's sad because I, I I haven't found a show that I've enjoyed this much in ever. What about Downton Abbey? Does that compare? No, I enjoyed Downton Abbey. Yeah. I think I enjoyed that more because you and I watched it together. I was that I enjoyed that show a lot too. I was very I was sad about I that. I cut ending. out on that for a couple seasons and then I finally went back and watched it. Yeah, I enjoyed that a lot. And then I liked I seeing the, mo- the movie. The movie was got fun. old too. I it mean, did. it didn't really I think people that make these series, like yeah. you have to be really careful. You do. You got to know when to stop. Yeah, because like my god, we watched Ted Lasso it was the most phenomenal oh, first season, yeah. like a brilliant brilliant show. Brilliant show, season 1. That's what we were watching when our high kicked in. Season two, we were watching, and and we and we thought maybe we didn't like it just because we were high. Yeah. But then I heard it was absolutely it a train wreck. Yeah, was it so was. You could just tell so it. There's something sad. wrong here. Same oh. with Goliath. We saw Goliath with Billy Goliath Bob Thornton. Too. Season one was very good, and season two is like one Horrible. of these things is not like the other. Season two is not I as know, good as it's season just one. Terrible. So. Sometimes you just got to know when to quit. Like, Faulty Towers did one eight, eight and didn't do any more. And it's mm-hmm. a classic. And they were all great. 
and and maybe right. they leave just leave on said, a high it. note. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Leave on a high note. Right. You know, here, you know here's a uh, Stranger Things should only been one season. Stop. Yeah, I think they did pretty good. I don't think so. I think they did. Pretty I don't good. think they came near close. How many seasons did they have? Three. Two? Three, three seasons, yeah. Third one was terrible. The second one was really? okay. Second one was good because Sam Gamgee was in it. What's his name? Rudy. I don't know. But but they weren't they weren't horrible. They really weren't. They were still good. Well, it's like okay, so you're probably good, right. But I mean, so like, um, they so they should stop now. I mean, I think they're going to do a fourth season, but then you run the risk, like because you have sometimes things are working and gelling. Yeah. If you're a writer, it's like yeah. when you're reading a book. Right. And you see the ending like several times and the author just decides to keep on going. Right. And you're like, like why are you thing. why are you still going? Well, like I was watching um Curb Your Enthusiasm season 10 with Liam. So so the best parts of that show were the probably the first he filmed it from 2000 to 2008 or 9. Uh-huh. And then took a break and came back and did season 9 and 10 in in the last few years. So he took yeah. like a, a long break. Yeah. Well, the first, that first set of seasons from 2000 to 2009 was, they were really good. Yeah. And when he came back, it just wasn't as good. Yeah. And I was saying to Liam, you know, it's just not as good as it Well, you was. lose. Well, he said, oh, I just want to finish. I thought, Liam said, yeah, it's not, but it's still Larry David. And his right. point was, right. it's not as good if you compare it to his earlier stuff, but in and of itself, it's better than many things and it's true i would right. still watch it right because it's still very enjoyable to watch but yeah. it's just not it's not up to what he did before yeah. but maybe that's okay i mean the guy's older he's 70 so maybe that's okay like i'm still enjoying watching it game of thrones but i can tell something has sh either shifted because i'm expecting it to shift but something has changed in it where it's like game of thrones yeah it's like well, how long do they want things to well, be? The Are reason... they following the arc of the book? No, that's the problem. From what I heard, oh, okay. that they've already left the book because they, they ran out of book. Oh, the guy see, didn't there you go. There's the problem. And they're making it up as they go along, and it's like, yeah. Well, there you go. They lost it. The author then, he obviously laid out a nice arc for them to follow, and then... Well, no, they followed it, and they... they... Well, my, no, that's my... what I'm yeah. saying is they... They followed his arc, which worked. Yeah. And then once he was finished, they should have left it alone. Right, and just finished. And now they're obviously they're not as talented. They're not. The writing isn't their thing. Yeah, they're not as talented. I mean, so. in, in ter uh, screen playing a book, they're excellent at that. But what I'm confused about is that the guy did the guy just not finish. I haven't. I only read the first book and a half. Did the guy not finish? Anyway, that's all I want to talk about. Oktoberfest and Game of Thrones and. Um, I'm enjoying my new job. It's you know it's it's scary because it's new and and um, not scary. Scary is a strong word. It's exciting. It's something different. I'm enjoying the change. It's 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 pressing me on muscles that I I've wanted to grow. So it's all good stuff. Yeah. And you, Madame, Milady. Me, yeah. With me, I've done. I had another photo shoot for my some of my paintings. So I have to update my website. And all that, and I'm hoping to have an art show maybe soon. I don't know. We'll see if that happens. Um, and then, yeah, I got certified to be a scrum master because oh, yeah. I was sitting around and I just realized that, like, I don't know what it was, but I'm like, you know what? Liam's in college. Finn's a senior. She'll be going to college. I'm pretty sure she's going to go. Callum is a freshman. 
Everyone has a full-time job every day. Like, I mean, they're off during the summer, but they have a job. Like, they go away, they're working at school for 40 hours a week. You're working 40, 50 hours a week. You know, I'm at home. I mean, I work all day and stuff, like cooking and cleaning and doing all that. But my art is just, I mean, I thought my website's been up for two years already. And I was hoping that since, you know, it ships internationally and everything, my hope was that I would be generating income because other artists were making like 50000 or more a year on their websites. But my website has not done that. Yeah. And I'm like, am I going to just sit around and wait for that to happen forever? So I was like, I why don't I do something? Yeah. You know, and I can't wait tables because of my toes. I mean, I could get my toes fixed, which I'm going to get them fixed. But even so, even if I got my toes fixed and I waited tables, I don't really want to be a 50-year-old waitress. You know? Yeah. And then you're only bringing in like yeah, no, I mean, $1,000 a month or something. Yeah. It's not that much. Whereas a scrum master, I could potentially earn 50000 starting out. Oh, easily. Yeah. You know, which is obscene. I mean, they may try, knowing you don't have experience, they may try to make, they may try and save some money on you and offer you less than what the, what they're offering others. But, but even but that's okay. So, getting a start's the key. Getting in the door is key. Right. But I thought, you know what? When I looked into it, I just started, I just went on randomly and just started watching a few videos and stuff. And I've heard you talk about it for years. And, you know, I thought this could be something that I could do because I have, I'm really good with people. I'm a really great public speaker and I'm not, I've been, people have told me that before. Um, so I thought, you know what? I really think I can do this. And I thought, I asked you about it. I was like, do you think this is something I could become passionate about? Like, is this something you think I could enjoy? And you said, yeah, why don't you check it out? And I had to take a class and everything. Um, so I did. I mean, I do I do like helping people. And it's very much a skill that really, you know, you're basically assisting people in helping them to be more productive and be able to do their work. And um, anyway, so I thought, you know what, let's just. I asked, would you be okay if we took the financial, you know, spent the money on the class and you said, okay, that you were willing to do it and so that I could check it out. And now you're so, certified. Yeah, now I'm certified. And so now I'm doing, oh, I'm going to write a resume and then just keep educating myself by reading books, watching videos. I've been listening to podcasts. You know, because being Scrum Master, it's like a very detailed thing. But I think like, I think it's like once you start doing it, and especially if, you, if, if I was lucky enough to get hired and lucky enough to have someone invest in me, then I think I could really, over time, really learn it well. Yeah. And be able to execute it. Um, yeah, I think I have the skills. I think so. The cap The attitude, the aptitude, and the curiosity so i mean i don't know i mean i'm total artist but you're also an artist yeah you know i mean i like cringe at the thought of being in a corporate environment 
But if I could be in like a more relaxed. Yeah. And a lot of these corporate environments, a lot of. A more relaxed corporate environment. I think I would would do well. Yeah. Would be a different. It it looks different. You'd be at a most likely a software company. Yeah. Maybe a smaller one. Yeah. Even if it was a bigger one there. The, a lot of the corporations are realizing that the cubes, the gray cubes are, are soul crushing. And, right. Um, you know, the kind of cubes that Neo was in in, in a Matrix is not what people want. So they Which, want... by the way, and there's another Matrix coming out. Oh, there is? Yeah. With the Keanu Reeves? Uh-huh. Really? Yeah, I'm excited. I told... I don't know. Wait a minute. Was I telling Callum? Anyway, I thought... I don't know. No, it wasn't. I think it was Callum. We're going to do when Matrix comes out. I want to watch the old Matrix and then go see the new one. Did you see two and three? I didn't like two and I didn't see three. I've never seen two and three. I didn't like two. Were they good? They're not good? I didn't good? like them. I didn't like two and I didn't bother with three. You know so. what? I didn't even know there was a two and a three. So then it's like, well, no, I don't know. Back to that whole thing of leave well enough alone. It's like Bill and Ted's adventure. He he did he did an update of that. I don't yeah. know if it's any good. I never watched it. So. No, John Wick. Yeah. There's another John Wick coming out, and I've seen those, and I like all You've of them. You've seen all three? Yes. Oh, I've only seen one really of those. And they're really good. And so Callum and I are going to go, whenever John Wick 4 comes out, we're going to go see that in the theater. You know, a movie we it's, saw that was very funny was uh, with Ryan Reynolds, who who he's a guy who plays Deadpool. He's a new movie out. That was very good, very funny. I enjoyed that. Did I watch it? No, I went with the kids, and I was a little apprehensive. Like, eh, that's going to be the usual. Oh, it that's was not, right. It wasn't your usual what at all. What was it called? He gets sucked into... Something Joe, I don't remember. Save Joe, or... Maybe. Yeah, I would recommend that one. That was fun. Yeah, he's Could a I good actor. Or not? I don't remember. Oh, IMAX, which I don't... That wasn't worth it. Mm-hmm. IMAX and 3D are fun for the first 10 minutes, and then your brain gets used yeah. to it. It's like, you know, and then you'll wonder, like, why did I pay extra money? But anyway... Um, Finn and I went to see. This is like a month or so ago. We went to see Cruella. Yeah, was that, that was good? really good. You paid to see the movie theater. Yeah, I would pay to see it. It no, was weird because it's on TV now. I it's didn't on HBO. think. I thought that I wouldn't like it because number one, I hate Disney movies. Right. I hate animation. This was not animation. Right. And it was not a musical either. And. If you're an artist, you will love it. Like if you're someone who's into fashion or set design or whatever. I mean, it was very visually appealing. Yeah. Costume wise. I mean, the costumes were absolutely stunning. And it was just a, it was eye candy all day long. Uh. Well written. Well, so that's actually also just eye eye candy. That's another reason I like um, Game of Thrones. Not what people are probably thinking when they first think of eye candy. You mean the naked people? The naked ladies. No, I'm talking about the uniforms and the knight's armor and stuff. Uh-huh. And and then, you know, other, like, uh, who is it? Littlefinger. I love his outfits. He's, he's Who's a, Littlefinger? Well, he's Aiden That Gillen just sounds him. like a dirty... No, it's not. Because he's from sounds this... Sounds like he's like a dirty pedophile or something. With that name? Dirty yeah, I can see that. That's little so finger. gross. No, dirty he's from finger. this area. Did you ever see... Oh, Littlefinger. Littlefinger. This little Littlefinger. What'd you think? I said Dirty Finger? I don't know. It just instantly made me think of like. Well, you know the way Ar- you know the bottom. Have you ever seen a map of Ireland? The bottom has these fingers in Cork yes. and Kerry. Yeah. Well, he there. He's from a section like that, but the smallest of the peninsulas he's from, so they call it Little Finger. That's just nasty. I know. Yeah. It's a nasty name, Little Finger. Anyway, but I like his outfits, and um, I'd like to. Wear now one. is he short? 
I don't know. No, it's got nothing to do. It's from because of where so he's, he's from. So he's not the short man that's in it. Who's the short man? You mean the the, the dwarf? Imp? No, no. Or the imp. Him. They call him an imp yeah, in the show. Oh, I love that guy. I've never been so invested in it. I've already talked about that before in pre- previous podcasts. I was going through all of our old podcasts because I had to label yeah. them as season one. Mm-hmm. So now if, if I think, I, did I mention this already? If you if you go to the podcast, it kind of puts them in a bucket. You did. Another season two. Um, so when I, but I was going through all of them. It's like, man, that's a lot of episodes and a lot of ramblings. And I just thought like how nice that people would take the time to listen to them. Mm-hmm. We got to reach out from, um, it was nice, Jennifer reached out to us and said, hey, just so you know, I miss your podcast. That was nice to hear that. Yeah, it was very nice. Thank does. you. It definitely the motivation to sit here and turn the mics on. And um, So you want to wrap this up, dude? <sighs> Thanks. Scott. How long have we gone? An hour and 36 minutes. All right. I got to go back there and fix something. Fix? What do you have to fix? Well, when you said the F word twice, instead of labeling it explicit. Nobody cares. I know, but I was going to put an air horn in there or something. I'm not going to bother. I'm going to release this. Why do you this. care? Again, if, if I make it too complicated. We're not releasing this to five-year-olds. I know, yeah. And it's not like a do five-year-old's going to make this Everyone one. who listens to this podcast watches rated R shows. Yes. Okay, let's wrap it up. It's Saturday, September 11th. Remembrance of all those who died. Yeah. On that day. And um, which, by the way, I was listening to a podcast day. yesterday. When I say, yeah, and they were saying how <clears throat> there's a documentary called Loose Change, yeah, which is the beginning of conspiracy theory world, because yeah. these these guys like 9/11 has all the conspiracy theories, and so these two guys made a documentary called Loose Change, and it was proliferated through the internet, all over the world, millions of views, but that was like the beginning of the conspiracy theory mindset that has now grown into all these different yeah uh crazy shit yeah that people believe in but anyway i thought that was fascinating that uh oh and by the way speaking never mind that's a A side note by the way kurt anderson fantasyland how america went haywire a 500 year history that's a good book yeah. I might get that for you. I so anyway, I in that. remembrance of 9-11. Yeah. I, um, I was just going to say that, like, not just remembrance of those who died on that day, but I, for yeah. those who died since then, yeah, from the response to 9-11, yeah. of the innocent people in Afghanistan yeah, who've died because of a response to that day. Right. I think we need to remember them. Yeah. Michael Moore, by the way, he had a really good response to Afghanistan on CBSN. What did he say? Well, he was just saying how, like, like he didn't vote for Biden. He was a Sanders yeah. supporter. But um, he was just saying how much that Biden's response, like, that the fact that he did it, that he went ahead and pulled out, yeah, like he said he was going to do, he he thought it was a very, very successful thing because we, we extracted 120,000 people yeah. from Afghanistan. Because, you know, people were saying, like, what well, was a debacle and, you know, it was chaotic. And he was saying, how could it not be chaotic? Because in most times, you know, if you're pulling out of a country, it usually goes doesn't go down very well. And yeah, you're just saying the simple fact that we were able to extract that many people without there being one bullet fired. Well, the Taliban against the U.S. forces. Right. And uh, the only attack that happened was from ISIS-K. Yeah. 
but just the simple fact that there was no bloodshed yeah between the two parties as we left the country and they're still letting people out yeah it's but anyway it was a very thoughtful guys. response i mean i haven't listened to a lot of news on it at right, all actually right. i have on N- yeah. npr but <clears throat> anyway it's such a hard it's just a hard situation yeah you know because obviously you want to take care of people but yet your own people suffer so much from being over there i mean Anyway, we should cut it off now. All right. You guys have a great weekend. Yes, enjoy. Bye-bye. Bye-bye, you guys.